Hello and welcome to All Things Small Business, brought to you by DAU. I'm Ken Karka, DAU Small Business Learning Director. This series is offered as a continuing dialogue between government, industry, and academia on acquisition-related issues that impact small businesses who support the critical defense industrial base. Let's join today's conversation. Welcome to All Things Small Business. I'm your host, Anthony Rotolo, and this is the show where acquisition and small business meet. We bring together business owners, contract experts, policymakers, and stakeholders, and we explore the issues facing small business and acquisition professionals as they work together to overcome challenges in a government and defense context. I'm joined today by attorney, consultant, expert witness, and author Christoph Minarchik. He's the author of Federal Acquisition Regulation in Plain English and Government Contracts in Plain English. And rounding out the set, he's also got Government Contracts Negotiation Simplified. These three books are all part of the Government Contracts in plain English series of books. And I think just the sound of these titles has got to raise the courage level of people listening. If you're a small business owner, if a phrase like federal acquisition regulation all by itself scares you just a little bit or maybe a lot bit, these books promise to take you by the hand and speak to you in easy to understand terms. That's why they caught my eye. That's why I've asked Christoph to join us. Christoph, welcome to All Things Small Business. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I'm all about small business. I own a small business and I help out other small businesses. Yeah, you know, in fact, I think you check all the boxes I just mentioned about how we bring together business owners and contract experts, policymakers and stakeholders. You've got experience that is replete with all that. So I want to get into that. Christoph, let's start there, actually. Tell us about your background, experience, prior positions, and how they all culminated into your expertise now helping small businesses in the area of government contracting. Sure. So I started off my career as a federal employee contracting officer for the Air Force, for the Navy, and for the Pentagon. And I also served as a JAG acquisitions attorney in a special rotation doing government contracts law. So all of that involves small business set-asides and, of course, small business policy. And then later, when I moved into the private sector, I was the director of government contracts for a small business defense contractor. And I also served as an on-site senior policy advisor, government contracts expert, for the Department of Defense Office of Small Business Programs. That's the headquarters. So I was at the Pentagon advising the presidential appointees and the SES about all small business policy for the entire Department of Defense, every service and every agency. And in that role, I was literally writing and revising the Federal Acquisition Regulation, the FAR, and the DFARS, Part 19, Small Business Programs, and DFARS, Part 219. And now, of course, I'm a small business owner. My company, ChristophLLC.com, provides consulting advice to other small businesses. I provide instruction and training about 
all types of government contracts issues, including small business programs. And I serve as an expert witness in government contracts litigation in both federal and state court. And often that involves small business issues. And finally, I'm the author of a trio of books in the Government Contracts in Plain English series that's targeted to small business owners and other busy professionals that work in the government contracting industry. So like I said, I'm all about small business. It's my audience. Small businesses are my clients. And I am a small business owner in the government contracting industry. So you really have to walk the talk, as they say. And now, of course, you have a tremendous leg up as an expert in government contracts, but you are a small business owner doing the things that you're helping others to learn how to do. Now, about the books, they caught my eye as we were sort of, I guess, bouncing around in social media circles. I caught notice of you on LinkedIn, presenting yourself as you are as the author of these books. They really have an appealing packaging to them. This idea that they're written in plain English has got to be really comforting to people, as I was mentioning in my opening remarks. Why did you write these books? Well, Anthony, I've read a lot of books about government contracting, and I noticed that they were all written in legalese. These books were written for other attorneys. Now, I happen to be an attorney. Don't hold that against me. So I could tackle the pain of reading these gigantic government contracting treatises. But I realized that what about the rest of the market? I realized that there are not other books that put it in plain English, that use simple language and don't require you to be an attorney to understand them. So eventually, with that in mind, I produced, I wrote those books myself. So I purposefully designed these books to be simple, in plain English, with practical answers to your frequently asked questions. My books are for insiders in government contracting and also for the outsider that's maybe starting a new small business, that's maybe entering into government contracting as a subcontractor before they get their first prime contract. My audience is the broadest audience possible. And the demand was definitely there because I'm happy to say the three books in the government contracts in plain English series, according to Amazon ranking sales, they are the top selling books in the government contracting industry. So the market is responding. The demand is there. I noticed that they're doing very well on Amazon. You have a solid five-star rating. People are finding these books, and I think it really is scratching the itch for a comprehensible approach to a complicated subject. And you're right. You know, a lot of times specialists write books, and they promise that it's going to make it easy for others, and a lot of times they fail at that task. I've seen it in my industry the learning industry where there's a lot of difficult concepts to explain and it's very tough to reduce and keep things simple. Now, when I look at your books, they are not these behemoth books. They, they clock in at a couple of hundred some odd pages and they really seem to chunk the concepts. They strike me as sort of a desk reference and job aid in addition to just being a book that you can read start to finish to learn the subject matter. That's right. These books are easily digestible. They translate complicated rules into plain English, and they're all organized with individual chapters that can stand on their own. So you could read a chapter a day if you feel like it, or you could breeze right through the book. 
They're also intelligently organized by topic and by theme. So the first book, Government Contracts in Plain English, it gives you the critical concepts to understand the rules of government contracts. Then there's a section and a series of chapters about how to win government contracts, how to understand the proposal and evaluation process. And it closes out with the third section full of chapters about how to perform your contracts that you've already won, how to not navigate the common challenges faced by government contractors. And then the second book, FAR in plain English, answers 700 plus frequently asked questions about the FAR. There's a chapter devoted to all 53 parts of the FAR. Now, the FAR is thousands of pages and difficult to read. Well, I read through it several times, and I actually provided you what I call the highlight reel, the essential minimum knowledge you need to understand about the FAR itself, how to research the FAR, and of course, a summary chapter devoted to all 53 parts of the FAR. So FAR in plain English is your essential translation, your summary, and your reference guide to dealing with the FAR. And then the third book, Government Contracts Negotiations Simplified, of course, that focuses on the practical aspects of negotiating and modifying your contracts and subcontracts. I cover and translate the most common contract clauses, sections, and headings, and also FAR clauses, and teach you how to negotiate FAR clause flowdowns and how to redline and modify your contracts and subcontracts. And at the end of the book, I even dive into the negotiation perspective of your most common partners like the federal contracting officer, prime contractors, subcontractors, and even employees of contracting firms. So by better understanding your partners, you can strike and negotiate better business deals and contracts. Yeah, this has to be very empowering to small businesses that are daunted by everything that you just described, to be able to have a go-to reference to explain, especially when you're in the practical part of things where you're negotiating and it's that all-important process of working out the deal that you hope to strike with the biggest customer of all the government. So these have to be really welcomed. People are interested in these titles. And speaking of the challenges, Christoph, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see small businesses making? Well, small businesses need help. They're growing businesses and they're entering into the complex world of government contracts. So some of the challenges and mistakes I see, a big one is not understanding flowdown clauses, the FAR clauses that the prime contractor includes in the subcontract. And a big mistake is many small businesses will accept a small business subcontract that includes unnecessary or incorrect FAR clause flowdowns. The small business feels at a disadvantage, like they have to simply accept these terms. But I help my clients intelligently negotiate and change and amend and delete these FAR clauses. Another mistake I see critical mistakes in the relationship and communication with the contracting officer. Now, I used to be a federal contracting officer. I know what makes them tick. I know their motivation. I know their workload. And I know what will convince them and what will enrage them. So I help small businesses dance around those issues and increase and strengthen the relationship they have with the contracting officer and advise them what to do in difficult situations during contract performance. And then another thing that small businesses need help with is 
understanding the interplay between law and regulation and the clauses in your contract. In short, when Congress changes the law, we then wait for a FAR clause change, which needs to find its way into our contract. But along that road, there's a lot of subtle changes that will determine whether or not you need to follow that law or that regulation or that FAR clause and whether or not it's in your contract is primary. Finally, a big picture challenge for small businesses, they get bullied by larger prime contractors and they get bullied into deals that don't make sense. Maybe the deal has a bad payment term. Maybe the deal has an incredible amount of risk for that small business subcontractor. That's where I like to help out other companies strike better business deals to protect themselves so their business can grow. I imagine the pressure is immense to take a deal, but it's really not a good deal for you. And you're up against a prime contractor with a lot of expectation that you'll just, you know, cinch the whole thing and move forward. So I think it's very important that you are advising through these books how to deal with such a situation. And also what you said earlier about what will play well or poorly as they are in the negotiation process. Christoph, I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to dive into a controversial topic that may raise a few eyebrows. The question is, does the FAR apply to federal contractors? Uh Oh, Anthony and the entire audience, I have to warn you, you better be sitting down for this one, okay? Now that everybody is seated, I want to break the news to you. No, the FAR does not apply to federal contractors. You can find a chapter about this in my books in the Government Contracts in Plain English series, and I also wrote an article about this in NCMA magazine. Anybody can get a free copy of that article if they email me at Christoph at ChristophLLC.com. But here's the deal. The FAR's audience, it's written for government employees conducting acquisitions, namely the contracting officer. I have the receipts for this. I can give you the citations. They're in my books. They're in the article. But what you need to understand is that the FAR's audience is the contracting officer and the government employees. The FAR is a set of instructions for how the government conducts acquisitions. The FAR has standard clauses, and these clauses will go into your government contract. That's where the FAR becomes relevant to you. The reason why it matters, the reason why you need to understand that no, the entire FAR does not apply to you as a government contractor, is because it focuses you on what does matter, which is your contract. The FAR is relevant to you as a government contractor insofar as certain FAR clauses are found within your contract. So a big mistake I see in our industry is a company will receive some sort of guidance or direction backed up by a FAR citation. And so they go, oh, I guess I have to follow that. Well, they made a mistake by not checking that against what is found in their contract. Follow your contract not the FAR. If you get a random FAR citation, if that is not referenced in your contract, or if that FAR clause is not found in your contract, other than very specific limited exceptions that we won't get into, the general rule is you only have to follow your contract terms, not the FAR. So small businesses, please hear me very clearly. Don't be bowled over and fooled by a random FAR citation from anyone. Return to your contract, scan it, for a reference or FAR clause involving the citation you have. If you don't find it in your contract, 
remind the other party that you're beholden to the terms of your contract. Please point out to me where it says in my contract I need to do or not do what you're advocating. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now that you explain it that way. The FAR is written for government acquisition professionals primarily, and it has bearing on small businesses with contracts insofar as those FAR clauses find their way into their contracts. Am I saying it right, Christoph? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Your contract is the connective tissue between your company and something in the FAR. If it's not in your contract, you have a problem. You need to understand that the FAR and random FAR citations are only relevant to you if they can be related to your contract. Your business deal with the government or with the other company is, in fact, the contract, not the FAR. Let's take it a step further, Anthony. It's actually impossible for the FAR to apply to government contractors because the FAR consists of hundreds of different standard cookie-cutter FAR clauses, and they are mutually exclusive. They are contradictory. So it's really impossible for a single contract to be subject to the entire FAR. It's incoherent. It doesn't make sense. We have different FAR clauses that the contracting officer will insert in different types of contracts. And so for that reason, no. The FAR does not apply to federal contractors. You need to pay attention to your contract and what's in it, which might have certain FAR clauses, but you could never be subject to the entire FAR, nor would that even make sense. Thank you for that. You know, that lit up a whole bunch of light bulbs over my head. You might have heard them blinking on. So appreciate that, Christoph. Now, you're also an expert advisor to small businesses. What are the biggest challenges your clients face? And, you know, what do you observe in your experience as you help them? What, what are those challenges? Well, small businesses are small. They have a lean team. They have fewer people than the larger companies. They need help. The obvious solution is bring in an expert consultant, bring in a specialist. And that's what I do. Part of my elevator pitch is that the larger companies like Boeing or Lockheed, they hire me as an expert witness in litigation but they don't necessarily need me as a consultant because the largest companies have a team of Christophs on their side, but the small business doesn't have any. And so they hire Christoph LLC on an as needed basis as an outside consultant to help them succeed. Now, some of the challenges I help out companies with that they see all the time as a small business, payment terms. Payment terms can absolutely crush your small business. Cash flow is the lifeblood of any business, especially for the small business. So payment terms are something I specifically focus in on in the third book, Government Contracts Negotiation Simplified. If you're not getting paid, the lights aren't on and your business can't survive. What I would say is, as someone who has advised and taught so many different small businesses and actually brought a lot of them from a small business into a large business, Successful small businesses have something in common. They benefited from accessible, reliable, expert advice, whether it's from within their own company or from outside help. In government contracts, compliance is king and compliance can kill you. So, Christoph, as we wind down, let me ask you this. What are three tips 
that listeners can take from your book and apply right now in their businesses? Great. Let's talk about number one, payment terms. Do not accept pay when paid payment terms. Pay when paid means something else has to happen, as in the other party has to get paid before you get paid. When you're a small business subcontractor, that means the large prime contractor has to get paid by the government before this clock starts ticking for you to get paid. That's why I tell my clients to avoid pay when paid. Instead, ask for definite payment terms that don't rely on third-party transactions. Ask for net 15, net 30, as in pay me within 15 or 30 days of the invoice, regardless of what's happening with other contracts you might have with other companies or the government. Number two, consider the idea of competimates. We say competitors will become teammates later. That's why we say competimates. As a small business, you need to expand your stable, your network of other companies that you can team up with as a prime contractor or a subcontractor. You realize that so many different government contracts are set aside for specific types of businesses or women-owned small business, service-disabled, veteran-owned small businesses. Whatever category, whatever qualification you lack, you need to find in other potential teaming partners. So you need to diversify your contacts of other companies that would otherwise be competitors, but will one day be a teaming partner with you so that you can participate maybe not as a prime contractor, but maybe as a subcontractor. And the third tip that I'd give to small businesses is to remember what I said, that no, the FAR does not apply to government contractors. Always pay attention to your contract. Read your contract. When somebody tells you to do something you don't want to do that seems like a bad idea, your first answer and response should be, where does it say in the contract I need to do that? Don't fall for FAR citations that are not relevant to the specific contract that you're performing. Christoph, that is so helpful. My guest today has been Christoph Minarchik. He, again, is an attorney, a consultant, expert witness, and the author of this series of books. It's called Government Contracts in Plain English. You can get it at an Amazon near you, of course. And let me just run those titles down. If you're searching, look for Federal Acquisition Regulation in Plain English. The next one is Government Contracts in Plain English. And finally, Government Contracts Negotiation Simplified. Christoph, thank you for being a guest today on All Things Small Business. You're welcome, and thank you so much. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in. Please stay in touch with me. Follow me on LinkedIn. Send me an email to Christoph at ChristophLLC.com and sign up for my free monthly newsletter. Let's learn together. Teaching and writing is what I do. I want you to come join me and learn with me, and we're going to improve ourselves and our knowledge of government contracting so that we can grow and succeed as contracting professionals. Outstanding. Christoph, thank you again. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. This is Ken Karkoff once more. I want to thank our guests for participating in today's conversation. Your insights and perspectives will surely help our listeners. And an invitation to our listeners, if you'd like to participate as a guest in a future conversation, please reach out to me at kenneth.karkoff.com 
at dau.edu. Till next time, stay engaged and collaborate across your networks. Everyone's talents and skills are needed within the defense industrial base as we fulfill the national defense strategy together.